0: Love Talk Radio.
1: Good evening, everyone. As everyone knows, I have the pleasure of speaking with Kathleen Gatty tonight. General Hospital viewers know Gatty from her portrayal of Dr. Evil, Dr. O, and Britt's mother on the Emmy Award-winning daytime drama, General Hospital. She was born and raised in Canada by... Hungarian immigrants and was brought up in an artistic environment. Her father was a symphony conductor and her mother an opera singer. So performing was in her blood. She started acting at the age of three, wrote, directed and starred in her, in her first play at the age of eight, studied ballet and acting till the age of 18. When she moved to New York to pursue her career after perform- Performing in dozens of plays both on and off-Broadway as well as working in numerous roles on television and film. Kathleen traveled to Hungary to film Goldberg Variations for which she won the Hungarian Best Supporting Actress Award. She subsequently stayed on in Hungary for several years during which time she starred in multiple films, television series and movies of the week winning additional awards along the way. Her performance in Hungary's biggest hit of the 90s, We Never Die, Sose Alunk Meg, final 35 Best Foreign Film Entries for the Academy Awards, made her an extremely popular actress in in Eastern and Central Europe. Her film and television roles are extensive. Film roles include Sunshine with Ralph Fiennes, Transformers Dark of the Moon, Trade Kevin Klein, just to name a few. On television, she had recurring roles on Alphas and 24. She was a series regular on The Drugstore in Hungary and in the animation series Me, Lu- Eloise, Film Roman, with Tim Curry and Lynn Redgrave, plus many guest roles on such series as Arrow, Weeds, and many others. Let's welcome this dynamic lady to the airwaves, Kathleen Daddy. Hi, Kathleen. Is it Hi Kathleen? Welcome
0: to the airwaves. Hello, this isn't Kathleen. This is Doctor Obrecht. How can I help you?
1: Oh <laughs> <laughs>
0: Oh, you scared me. I thought I liked you. <laughs> This is, let, let me try that again. This is Doctor Obrecht. How can I help you? That's better. The other one was Russian. No, I was doing Russian today. No,
1: this. Is uh, let's see. Can Can you help me find Robin Scorpio and um and uh, uh, Tristan Rogers' character, Robert Scorpio. Robin Scorpio and Robin.
0: Let me yes. see what I can do.
1: Oh, wonderful!
0: Yes. I for you. Sure.
1: Sure thing. What do I get for this health? Well, uh, I will be happy if I don't get thrown in the room and and uh, something is put in my neck with a syringe. I'll be Why happy. Don't you come and help me look. Maybe we look together. <laughs> yeah. Sure, Absolutely. You
0: yes, you should come and we take a look,
1: see what we can find. That sounds like that sounds like a plan. But I will be like walking behind you. <laughs>
0: You know what? Me too. I'm scared of her. <laughs> that was my husband's. like, oh, my God. Is Dr.
1: Obrecht here? She's really scary. <laughs> Don't bring her home. She, she's a great character. Boy, what a what a fantastic character. She's, I love this character. The
0: writers are geniuses. In my mind, they are just, not just in my mind, I think the audience from the responses, I mean, they are just coming up with amazing stuff. Ron Carlovadia's team, Chris Van Etten, and... Elizabeth Page. I mean, the whole gang—they're just brilliant. I'm—I'm I'm always so excited when I get a script. It's like, now what do I get to do? Yippee, yippee! You know. Well, the yeah, well, smart. I like the stylized. You know, she speaks with a certain style. It's very intelligent. It's very harsh. I mean, it, it's just brilliant. I'm just so excited when I get a script. It's like, what do I get to say this
1: time? You yeah, know, it's so much fun. Well, well what? Um, well, we'll we'll go back to your upbringing. We'll we'll go ahead and talk about GH right now. What was it about this role that drew you to her? I mean, is it because she's evil, maniacal um she's just i mean she's gonna serve her own purposes, no matter what well, first
0: of all, it's I love playing characters that have different accents that I grew up, my parents are <laughs> Hungarian. I grew up making fun of them my whole life, so <laughs> With their accents, like what you want, my mom's like, I didn't say what you want. I said what you want. I said no, you said what you want. So you know, she it was so cute, and I had a lot of fun making fun of their accents. And and I have an ear, and I do a lot of different accents in in work. And so when this was like a German character, it was I was chomping at the bit. First of all, she's bright, she's sharp, she does things I wouldn't even think of doing. It's fun to climb into a character, and you can do things you would never do. And I'm not just talking about dark, sick things, but just being strong and powerful and terrorizing right. and it's not who I am. I'm a very I don't say quiet, but low key, easygoing, kind of friendly yeah. person and she is nothing. She's like you know, this powerhouse and it's really exciting to put that suit on like Iron Man. I can imagine how Robert <laughs> how he feels when he puts on that, you know, that that powerful suit and becomes this amazing Iron Man. So it's kind of like that. You put on this this clothing, this character, and you become somebody else. And it's a great character they've created; absolutely fantastic.
1: Now, uh, the the character itself. I mean, obviously, it was it was created and things like that. And for the character of Doctor O to be, um, I know that people love to hate her. I mean, she's evil, but they love her. Oh,
0: I'm getting all kinds of fun twi- tweets. We love to hate you. I'm like, yay. They hate me. As long as it's friendly hate, I'm good with it. So far, it's been friendly hate. This is fun. And I agree with them. I'm like, it's totally appropriate. No kidding. <laughs> well,
1: but but see, this is the thing about it, which is which is interesting, is because this character has been able to take down Robert Scorpio. And um, Faison was part of it. And Faison, as everyone knows, is... I mean, he was maniacal on a good day. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, but he
0: is my everything.
1: <laughs> y- yes, yes. And that says a lot about the character. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know,
0: admires him, loves him, is crazy about him. Just, you know, he's he's her genius. He's her God. She's like, oh, <gasps> he's everything, you know.
1: Yes, and, and um, she doesn't – how is it – I mean, you play – her as like um, Britt is your daughter on the show, but right. she, she, she Doctor O treats her like she's someone that just works for her. There is no like, it doesn't seem like there's an, an, any affection at all. No, there there is some. It's minimal at
0: best, but um, there is some. It's a very complicated relationship because yes, it does seem that she is my employee, Britta as I call her.
1: No, definitely yes.
0: my emotional and, and psychological, whatever the employee. But but there's also she is still the daughter, and there's still some warmth. And I've done a few things like watching her, being proud of her, the nurses' ball, giving her some milk. You know, there's like she tries. It's 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 very challenging to try to break through and try to be warm with her when. I'm not really allowed to be. Right. I, you know, and, and, and the writers are geniuses. They're like, they let me, they open the window just a tiny bit, not the door, just the window, just a tiny bit, and I'll just kind of reach through, and then bang, that window comes down. So it's 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 very, very, very carefully contrived warmth. But there's an attempt, an attempt, but it's it's pretty not successful, I think. Right. She does love her daughter. It's just very strange how it's shown, and I think we all know people like that. I don't think that's such a stretch. Absolutely. We've all had that in our personal lives, or we know people who, you know, is it growing up with kids and there's kids in school, and their moms or their dads just treat them really weird. And like, what is that? Why did you have kids? And they treat them like they're objects, or it's a very strange thing. And and I can see this character. You know, she she's trying to love, but she just it's impossible almost to try to let that out. Right. The writers won't let it out. I'm like, yes, they let me be warm. Boom. No. I'm like, okay, <laughs> fine. I'll be mean. Okay. Well,
1: how um, how is it? I mean, obviously you've um, you know, you you were born and raised in Canada by Hungarian immigrants. Right. What was it like, like growing up in Canada and being part of a Hungarian family? I mean, was that a Kind of difficult for you because when cultures sometimes come over from the, from from Europe into America, sometimes the culture will have a problem because other people don't understand it.
0: No, I think my parents are. I want to say they're citizens of the world, and that's how they brought my, myself up and my sister. We're, you know, they were very worldly. They. They were musicians. My father was a symphony conductor in Canada for 40 years and all over Europe and the States and South America. And my mother was an opera singer. So they they came from a different mentality. There, I think their minds were much more open. They didn't bring us up as little Hungarians. We spoke Hungarian at home. Occasionally we'd have fabulous Hungarian food. But we really were brought up in in, in Montreal. That's where I was born. We went to school. Oh. Montreal is a melding pot. It's like New York. There were kids from from Greece, China, Japan, you know, all over Europe, Italy. I mean, I remember that there were, we had all we um, the back of the street, back of our building. There was like a, an alley, and all these like we're all little gangs, and all get together. And we were from all over, all walks of life. So you know, it's really a melting pot, like New York, like California, like Los right. Angeles. People come from all over the world, and the states and Canada to to get away from their lives or to start new lives or to be in the business whatever it is so so when i grew up it was really um it was i wasn't brought up as a hungarian i was brought up as literally a citizen of the world and that's how i see myself i don't feel like i belong anywhere like specifically i'm american or canadian or hungarian i feel like i'm i'm, I'm part of the world and i wish everyone kind of felt that way so we wouldn't be so segregating each other and mm-hmm. yeah but I was really brought up, I want to say almost neutral, but just love everyone. We're, we're not one culture or another. I'm proud of my Hungarian heritage. I'm proud that I was born in Canada, and I love being in, in the States. So it's a, a very interesting you know, part. I always say I have a Canadian heart, an American mind, and a Hungarian soul because I'm from like these different parts of me. But otherwise, I think you know, I was sort of brought up neutral. But my parents, and then we grew up with all kinds of interesting, we had amazing soloists in our house that came from Russia and from from France and an amazing soloist, and Rostropovich and Menuhin and Oistrak and just, I mean all these incredible people Van Clyburn they came to our home to play with my father and his orchestra and so I was brought up really in music if anything that culture was brought up being part of music and theater and art so it, it wasn't specifically I'm Hungarian you know that kind of a lot of times people brought up in, a, in their home and I lived in New York for ten years And my neighbors were Armenian, and there were three generations in a tiny, I want to say 200-square-foot apartment, and they didn't speak a word of English, none of them, because they were just so focused on each other and their lives, and everything revolved around the family, and they'd never learned to speak English. And there were three generations, 80, 60, 40, actually four generations, and a
1: 20-year-old girl. So
0: none of them spoke English. It was pretty interesting. Oh, my goodness.
1: Wow. That's amazing, yeah um okay, well, as you said, your mother and your father were in the were in the arts and you were brought up in that at age eight. you wrote, directed, and starred in your own play what what made you decide to write your own play as well as like directed and and how would you have i mean at at eight years old, how did you have that know how already? You know,
0: I don't even know. I think it's just something being inspired. I think when you're a kid, you don't think of, oh, you know what I'm going to do? I think it just comes out of you. It's like I want to climb a mountain. I, I just, You just have these things that you're inspired by. I mean, when I was three, I was in a play, my first play in the Pipe Piper of Hamelin. I was a rat. And I think when I was two, I climbed up in the bathroom and used my mom's lipstick and painted my face. So I think I was always like, I want oh to God. perform, I want to do something, you know. I think it was just intrinsic to who I am as a person and and as a character, I guess. When I, my mother said, you know, you have kids and they come out of you with a personality. So I guess I came out with a personality already. But I had a dream as a kid and I saw dancers and I wanted to dance and I saw theater and I wanted to act. So it was just part of who I was. And, and. In school, in my grade two class, I remember Miss Angel, the teacher, and I said to her, "I want to." I wrote a play, and I said, "I'd like to do it for the school." And she said, "Okay." So I cast some people in my class, and we did a whole production. And of course, I wrote it and directed it and produced it, if you will, and uh, acted in it. And it was a child, a fantasy, but it's amazing that some kids were interested, and the teacher let me do it, and, and it was fun. So, and I remember that. And then I remember. A, Later, I was—I used to, it's so funny about the soap operas, because I used to stand at my window and say, oh, Harry, don't leave me, but Alice, I must. I would make up the soap, all the soap opera stuff. <laughs> and My sister heard me through the, the, um, the air vent. And we went to the dinner table. Of course, I was private in my room, just acting out of stuff. I'm like 10, 9 or 10. And we go to the dinner table with my mom and dad, and she starts going, oh, Harry, don't leave me, but Alice, I must. I thought I was going to die. <laughs> I was so embarrassed. Now I'm making a living saying the same things, and now I'm proud of it. Then I thought I was gonna die.
1: <laughs>
0: oh, that's perfect!
1: Like it comes back around, doesn't it? It
0: does. I tell you, you know, you guys laughed at me. Watch this. Now I'm working for a living, doing <laughs> the same thing. Okay. There
1: you go. There you go. So, I, I'm um, embarrassed even saying this now. Funny. Don't, don't be embarrassed. We've all done things like that, but that's that's awesome that that it's like come back around, like at age. At age eight nine, you were doing that, and now you're actually on, like, General Hospital doing the same thing. But right. you really don't have any, like, you're more, like, you know, uh, manipulating, and you're not really, like, well, Faison is, yeah, Faison was your love, and you were just, you would do anything for him. Right. That's true.
0: That's true. That's, I forgot about that. This woman will, you know, she's tough as nails, but there's that one thing. Yeah. There's one person that, you know bring her down to the ground to shreds, stare
1: her to shreds. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, she would let him do anything. Actually, I think she would let him suicide her. Probably. Right? Probably. Yeah.
0: Well, uh, you know, I have to think back to a year ago. You know, tomorrow is my one-year anniversary on the show? No. Uh, July 31st was my first day on set.
1: Oh, fantastic. Well, congratulations. Thank you.
0: It was pretty, for me, it's a very special day tomorrow. But um, in the, I remember a year ago when we were working together with Faison Anders Hove. Right. And um, he gets captured. And, you know, first the, Dr. Oberg, myself, the character thinks she's going to die. And then it's like, nope, we survivors, you know, we're strong. So then she pulls herself together and takes Robin to Jerry Jackson. and off she goes. But there's that moment of my life is over. And then i right. like, nope, we can we carry on. I have to carry on his
1: legacy, or, you know, so it's interesting. Oh, it, I mean, the way you've played her is, is, I mean, fascinating because you've seen so many layers. You have given so many layers to Dr. O that it's not just like a straight villain. You know, you have different, personalities that that, yeah. that go with different things, like when you're working your certain way right. and like when you're dealing with Robin and, and um, when she is, excuse me, not you, um, it, uh, when she's dealing with like Robin and, and, and uh, Robert and then she deals with her daughter and then she deals with Faison, there's different layers that you give to the character that makes it just fascinating to watch.
0: Mm, well, thank you. I attribute... Most of that to the to the writers because they give me things to do that, whoa, what a fun thing she gets, you know. It's like she gets to dance, yes. She gets to give her daughter some warm milk. Oh, that's such a
1: contrast,
0: you know. So it's I really right. attribute most of it to them. I mean, I'm just so grateful for this fabulous writing because it just gives me something to do, that to make the character come alive and do all these different things, make her interesting and three, four, five dimensional, you know, instead of just one dimensional, two dimensional. <laughs> Oh Harry don't leave me oh Alice I must you know that kind of thing.
1: right well he, here's here's the um here here's something what do you do as an actor if you're given material where it's not very well written and you have to make the character come alive though from the dialogue that you do what kind of challenges do you face when that happens
0: Oh, that happens a lot. It happens a lot. I've never had that on this on this show, and I'm just thrilled because sometimes there's a sentence that I just can't make it work, and then I look at it and we talk about it. My husband helps me. We look over the lines. And I'm like, hmm, it just doesn't. And then it's like, oh yeah, I get it, and it's great. So this I've never had that on the show, um, but on other things I worked on, it's it's like they really didn't think it through or it isn't right for the character. It's really hard because you don't want to step on anyone's toes. You don't want to hurt anyone's feelings. So you try to justify the material so it works for the character. And you say, okay, you know, this isn't something my character would do, but they're paying me to say this, so I'm going to say the line. And if I'm really, really, you know, if it's really not right, I'll go talk to the director or something. But that's very rare. I just, you know, I'm professional, somebody... Paid to have this film done, they're paying me to be there. I will just say what they want me to do, and just, and I will ask the director, "Can you help me with this? Because I'm, I'm not finding that character here or this moment. Can you help me?" But mo- I have to say, most of the time, I just kind of figure it out on my own, and I bring it to the, you know, I present it. And if they want something different, they ask. But usually, they don't redirect too much nowadays. I don't find they, uh, you know, on television or films, they kind of hire you to do what you do, and that's right. How they hire. But I, I like it on General Hospital. I get to work with the directors, and it's really nice. This is a real treat, and I, I hope I get to be on the show a long time and, you know, work work with the directors and the material and the writers and, and the actors. It's it's such a pleasure. Absolutely. Well,
1: well, now that Dr. O is going to be a grandmother,
0: <laughs> isn't that great?
1: <laughs> that is awesome. How do you think her the character is going to change? How How do you think she, how do you think, the character will take that because that is going to, that should soften her, but I don't
0: know. I doubt it. I doubt it. If you remember, there was a, in a couple months ago, there was a thing where I'm in the hotel, in in the, uh, actually the nurse's ball, where I'm in the hotel and I give her the milk, you know, yes. for, I say, you know for the baby. And, I, and then I say to her, I hope you bring the baby for a short visit, you know. Yes. <laughs> it's like. Oh my grandchild, please bring the baby, but make it short. So I don't think anything's <laughs> going to change. I don't think all of a sudden she's going to get all gushy, grandma-y. I doubt that's going to happen.
1: It's her oh. nature. Okay. Okay. Well, that that. But you know what? It's to me. It's always
0: I never know which direction they're going to take me in or take my character, and they could very right. well the next script I get could say. She googles and gaggas and gives up her work and stays home and babysits and puts diapers on the kid. I mean, who knows? You know, they they know and I trust them two thousand percent because they're just brilliant. Right. So I'm just always excited, like, ooh, goody goody, what's next?
1: Do you um do you ever have to kind of uh, put your own spin in because it doesn't work not necessarily on G H, but just in general? Have you ever had to like take what you think of the character, even though they're giving you this direction, and kind of put in your spin to make it all gel together?
0: I think you always have to as an actor. You always people people say to me, "Well, how do you you know become somebody else?" Well, you don't become somebody else because really you're bringing yourself. To the you know the table, it's all who I am, and then you embellish it with this or that, or an accent, or physical physicality, or characters, and then things that you do, behavior. But I always bring my spin on it. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, that's the first thing I look at and go, okay, okay. What would Obrecht do? But what will I do as Obrecht? It's not like well, Obrecht's on her own. It's like it's a team here, <laughs> right? Working together very closely,
1: that's right? Definitely
0: my spin. And if they don't like it, you know, they'll say. You know, don't make her so warm. Or I remember one time when I was going, I I wanted to take one um, very beginning, actually very close to the beginning, where I had this whole thing where Faison was captured, and I was just traumatic, and I I really felt that that would be her, you know, just to show a lot of depth and sadness and sorrow. And they said, no, no, keep it light. And I was like, really? You know, so but it was okay. I agreed because I guess that left it that she's strong and she's not going to let it go. And because I I love playing dramatic stuff, melodramatic and and uh that was that was a very interesting direction i like that but huh? but rarely they you know that happens rarely and they're like no 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 keep it light not you know don't go into that really heavy thing cuz i guess they don't know if they want to take me down that path or you know where she's going to right. go from there or they want to keep her strong so you do you bring your own spin and then either they you know change it or they go yeah that's great which you hope they do
1: yes absolutely cuz that's your take on it and that's right. how you can portray right. this character um, who on the show Have you not Been able to work with that you want to work with You know what It's so funny because Well first of all tons of actors just, you know,
0: The whole cast basically I've only worked with a few people And they're all great Right. So I'd like to hopefully make my way to everybody <laughs> Yes But um, on, on, I was in All My Children in 89, 90 for a couple of months With Maurice Bernard When he was on it Oh my goodness so we've met at the show backstage, but I, you know, often, but I would love to work with him again. It's like, it would just be funny. It's like, okay, 24 years ago we worked together, and here we are again. I worked with Rick Springfield in 94, also about 20 years ago, on a movie called A Change of Place. And I play his baby sister, having a um. baby, and here we are 20 years later, we're both going to be grandparents. So um. It's pretty funny. You know, life comes around. It's so interesting. I mean, I'm just love That's, watching my life kind of unfold and, you know, what's next
1: and who's next. So I think I'd definitely love to, to
0: work with Maurice again. That'd be fun.
1: Absolutely. Does, did you, um, have you gone and said hello and everything oh, yeah. and oh, yeah. and reminisced about it? You know, briefly, uh,
0: honestly, it's such a fast-paced show. There's nothing like to socialize and hang out. Everyone's working, studying getting ready you know you come in you get your hair done your makeup done and you're on set you're blocking you go down you you know you finish up dressing and you're on set shooting and it's bang, bang bang it's a very quick machine so there's not that whole time let's hang out and you know chat it's really not possible when there's some social events like the um after emmy's party the general hospital we had they had the 50th reunion right right. that was really fantastic celebration i was invited that was really an honor to be part of that and you know, then then you can chat a little bit. But it's on when you're working. It's a machine. There's no time. Uh, you just in work. Get you know, work your butt off and go home. And absolutely, because there's just you know, tons of material to study.
1: Well, and and aren't they aren't they doing more than one day uh, a day? I mean, yeah, the pace is insane. Usually, I do two
0: three episodes a day. Sometimes if you get one a day, that's a luxury. It's like, oh, and then you have 20, 30 pages, you know. Right.
1: Whatever. Otherwise, you, you have,
0: have 90. 90. Exactly. And some right. people, they do, they do. They have 60, 80, 90. I heard Finola said the biggest day she had was 120 pages. Oh. And that's unfathomable. So it, it's it's incredible the quantity of, of work we have to do. But we love it. We do it. And we go back for more. So right. We, we beg for more, hey. Right. Sort of some more. This is so much fun.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> well,
1: I, I believe you'll be on the show for a long, long time. Um what um what is the difference uh for you since you've been in film, you've been in prime time, you've been in um television, you've now been in daytime. What which medium uh I'm sure you love all of them for different reasons. Yes. Uh, can you give us the different reasons you love the different mediums?
0: You know, what, I'm I mean, not going to
1: ask you which one you like the best because that's just
0: you know. You know like it's always the job you're doing is when you love the best. But I love theater. I've done dozens and dozens of plays in New York, in Europe, in Canada, and in LA. And you have that live connection with the audience. I don't think you have that in any other form, really. No. So I, I love that. I, I've adored that, and I loved it. I. I kind of stopped doing that several years ago because I wanted a personal life. Because you know, evenings and weekends here at the theater, and oh, I, I right. dedicated so much of my life to that. I was like, you know what? I gotta work in the daytime, just doing film and TV, and then have a life, a personal life. So, but I, I, I did love that and that opportunity. And the right material comes up, I will go for that again. But I kind of stopped that. And then film and TV, I love the pace of film. It's a little more calm. You do right. a couple scenes a day. You focus on, you know, specifically that moment or those those scenes. Television is a lot faster and soap operas are like I was saying it just the tempo is unfathomable. Yeah. It's it's incredibly fast. But I've had such an incredible time on this show and I love my character that right now I'm I'm hooked on this, I have to say, you know. I think it's it's just the tempo is it's very fast. But the whole that's the only thing I would slow it down maybe a little bit if I could my dream i say, you know what, give me a week. <laughs> you know, so like here's two days, here's 30, 40 pages, by. Come back and learn it, do it, you know. But that's the thing I would say, just, you know, maybe a couple more days to kind of have time with the accent, the character, what I want to do, how I want to say it, instead of like learning the lines, come in and show up and, you know, get it out there. And I, I like to do the best a job as I can and really think about it. I'm a big thinker. I analyze things, overanalyze, tear them apart, break them down. So.
1: I like them all. It's kind of hard to say um with with the way the pace is and and daytime drama is is you know five days a week um you know not fifty two but right. yeah almost fifty two weeks a year um with that when you have a character like that you 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 can kind of develop it with film you're shooting a movie which is a two hour you know flick, and you have to Uh, You have to portray that character very quickly. So what is the difference or how do you adjust your acting techniques in the fact that like film and television, you have just a little bit of time to kind of bring out that character. In daytime, you have longer to do that because you're doing it every day and you're you're letting the audience see a little bit more a little bit more instead of it all at once. What do you do to, you know, get between those two?
0: It's interesting because I think to me it's the opposite on on the film you get that time. I I did I just played a lead in a feature film about 2 years ago called Retrace and you have the luxury I think we shot for like two and a half months in Sweden, Romania, Hungary you have that time to really pace yourself to really give everything you know, to see the arc and there's always like in each scene, in each moment there's a beginning, a middle and an end you have to hit those marks and what do you want to say in each thing but in the film you've got the whole arc so you have that luxury of that time when you're doing television first of all I never know when I'm coming back if and when This could be, you know, my last thing, you guys saw me today, who knows, I might come back in six months, not come back at all. They might say she died. I mean, I don't know. You know, you never know if it's coming or not coming. But basically, every time they call me and say, okay, here's a script, I look at it and I go, okay, this is, I have to serve the material. This is what's happening. I'm, you know, taking Robin, I'm stabbing Scorpio, and boom. So it's a short story, really. And it's much faster, and you can. All, and really, you know, you learn the lines. You think, okay, what is, what's my action? If you will. it's acting talk, but you know, what do I want to do? Well, I have to get you know Robin over there. Do I care about her? No. Do I, you know, how do I feel? Who am I going to attack? I mean, it's very. You have to work very very quickly, and and it's a shortened shortened version of I think of a more relaxed thing like a theater. You have six weeks to rehearse. Four to six. Minutes. Right. Learn the character. What do I want to say? Do I want to move over here and pick up a, you know, a cup or a glass of wine? Soap opera. Here's the script. Yeah, you pick up the wine, take off your coat, go sit over there. While you're saying these lines, hit those four cameras. Make sure you look here and here and here. You know, shake your hands, sit down, kill them, walk out. I mean, it's it's literally, and and you learn those actions and movements that morning, or that day. It's like you know, come in. It's like a, you know your lines. You come in and it's very fast. It's it's like I said, it's it's just incredible. Oh. going 500 miles an hour instead of, oh. say, 50 miles an hour.
1: Right. Well, so then how is it that, is that why sometimes actors and actresses go over the top with their scenes? On soaps? Yeah. You know what?
0: Oh, that's an interesting question because I was going to say it's really changed. I think back when we were doing soaps back in, in the late 80s when I was doing it, and, we were, oh, yeah. and I'm watching material, we we're all kind of a little hammy, a little bigger and broader, and maybe that was just specifically the material I was doing. Today, I mean, I find the acting is tremendously pulled back, much more controlled, much more real, that realism, right. is, it's, it's not stylized like I think it was years ago. Right. And if they go over the top, it's because probably, and I, I really haven't seen that too much, but some of it when they do, I think it's really part of their character who's kind of loud and brashy and big. Right. You know, I, th- I think because I see even on our shows a couple of characters, but that's who they are. Right. They're big and they're brash. And that, like Richard Simmons, he's on the show, you know, he's big <laughs> and he's broad. But that's who he is, and he fulfills his character every single day. I mean, he even shows up to the sets like that. Oh yeah. Think, you know, he's he's such a character, but I think that some of the actors because there's a lot of realistic, calm, you know, real life acting and then there's some that's bigger, but that's what the characters are and I think the writing is responsible for that. Right. That's that's my opinion. I mean, you know, you're the viewer and it, you can, you know, I'm I'm not sure how you feel about that. Do you think some of it's over the top or it's too much? Uh,
1: you know, sometimes. I mean, I mean, obviously I think uh in these past few years it's it's been toned down but in the past it's yes definitely been over the top and i think probably what like what you were saying i think the style was like that at the time or the more sudsy it was or the most soapy it was or the more melodramatic it was the better
0: I have to tell you, my character does some over-the-top stuff too, so I have to be very careful. But sometimes it's like, you know what? You gotta let it rip. Like today and yesterday, some of it I'm just like seething and frothing. I mean, a normal person probably wouldn't get angry that way, but she's not normal, so it's it's a delicate balance because I don't want to be over the top. I know what you're saying. I've, I've I had a wonderful teacher once in New York who was blind, and he oh. said he said I can't see. You, he said, but I can tell that you're you're fake. You're hamming it you're not being natural. So he fought with us to make us as organic and as natural as possible. And he was my favorite teacher for that because it's true. It's like, I want to see real acting. I want to see real people because that's when I believe them. They're over the top. I might not believe them as much. So I strive for that myself to be as organic and honest as possible. And yet sometimes I'm sure I'm a little over the top myself. And it's like, no, no, no. Okay, let it reappear, but then you got to pull back and be real. So Right.
1: Do you feel yourself doing that? I mean, can Absolutely. you
0: feel that as an actor? Yes, but again, like even in yesterday's scenes, uh, you know, there's just some of the stuff. And today, it's like I'm just so angry at her, but I have to, like, express myself. And, you know, the, the characters, I let it go, and I think, oh, is that too big? And then I watch it after. I watch yesterday's. I haven't seen today's yet. I'm going to watch it this evening. And then, then I'll go. You know, I, I monitor myself. It's like, oh, that could have been a little more subtle. Oh, that was okay. could have been bigger. You know, so I kind of watch every time to make sure. Was it balanced? Could it have been brought down? Wow! But but give the character what it needs. Right. I'm always watching and see if I can keep it as honest as possible, given the situation. Excuse me. Given the writing and everything, and just you know, bring truth to the to the moment.
1: Right. Well, she's Russian too, so she is going to be kind of German. She's she's Swiss German. She's very
0: educated, very well educated in Switzerland and probably England. Okay. Backstory. Don't know. But, um, yeah, she's German, a Swiss German, so it's not the hard German.
1: But there was um, definitely that
0: European background. And German, you know, it's very, usually it's very, they're stricter and more severe. Oh, yeah. It's a different, uh, yeah, the Hungarian, the Eastern European background that I come from. It's nothing like that. We're, like, all over the place. Hey, you don't eat.
1: <laughs> it's, it's, a,
0: it's much broader and more, more theatrical, if you will.
1: Right, right. Well, it has been an absolute pleasure to have you here. Thank you so much for spending this time with me. I definitely want to invite you back because I didn't get to half my questions. Um, We just got going. (laughs) Um, And I would love to have you back again. Uh, Can you hold on the line and let me just uh, wrap up the show
0: real quick here? Hi to everyone and thanks for watching. Thanks for all the great tweets and comments. I really appreciate it. And you're at uh, Gatti, Gatti Tweets on uh, yeah, Gatti. yeah, Gatti. I look up my name, Kathleen Gatti. Gatti. Gatti, but it's at Gatti Tweets on
1: Twitter. Yes, G A T I T W E E T S. Wonderful. And you can catch her there, and you can catch her on G H at uh, One back. o'clock. fuck
0: There's some stuff coming up, so. Oh.
1: Sure uh oh. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Possibly. You never know when you know Obrecht will show up. You never know, but
1: I'll be back. Wonderful. Okay, everyone, thank you for um, listening. I will see you again on Friday, and uh, have a great evening. Deb, Deborah, thanks for having me on.
0: Really appreciate it.
1: Oh, absolutely.